Now you can give them pizza whenever they want. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. Pizza Bagel Bites. Bite-sized pizzas on wholesome little bagels. Welcome, dear listeners, to our live podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. It was people. Random banter is made out of people! Random banter time, buddy. Tell me a tale of adventure and excitement. Well, this is totally excitement because I've spent the entire week here at Shampooey having fun with these awesome people. Yeah! And it's been awesome. We've been drinking. We've got our own bar. We've got spaceships and aliens. We've got a whole bunch of stuff here. People have been very creative. People have been really awesome. We had Minute to Win It earlier. We had Fizzball. We had all this great stuff going on. What have you been doing? I've been watching it from online because I have a sick kiddo at home, so I've been playing snotball with a small child. So, lots of fun. But you guys, yeah, boo. I know, bah, children. Bah. I don't know if any of you have earmuffs. Bah, children. I don't know if any of you have ever been children, but you were the worst. Not you. Not you. Not you, except for Carrie. She's great. So that's what I've been doing. I've also been playing a very fun game of my own invention called Call Blocking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been uh, just getting texts and phone calls like crazy on my phone recently because somebody named Anna has signed up for, uh, like, DeVry University, University of Wisconsin, Indianapolis Tech, all these different places that are calling me from uh, 8 a.m. till about 5 in the evening going, Hi, Anna, you said you want... I'm like, no, I don't. Take me off your call list. Please stop texting. Stop. Stop. So that's the game I've been playing as of late, is uh, Call Blockers. To be fair, this gentleman uh, just recently graduated up from the flip phone of the past to the yeah. smartphone of two years ago. No, it's a, it's a future oh, it's a phone. Future yeah, phone. it's oh, very good new. Job. Yeah, yeah. It's Pixel 3, so I'm, yeah, I'm current in my technology, but it took a, a couple of generations to get there. So it would have eaten my, uh, my flip phone alive. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that you not only joined the new generation of mm -hmm. uh, you know technology, but I'm glad you finally joined us here. Yeah, finally able to get here. Supposed to get here yesterday, didn't happen. <laughs> Yay! And shortly after the broadcast, I will be leaving. Boo! Yeah. His vehicle looks like this. If you guys just take you know deflate his tires, he can't yeah. leave, and it's not his fault. Exactly. None there of we us go. Have a no, 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 nobody does. No. Nobody, nobody. Not this science-heavy crowd. Yeah, actually, uh, with the uh, the call blocker game, I'm kind of like, this is terrible. But what a great prank to play on somebody you're not really happy with. <laughs> just get their phone number and just start calling all these schools, going, "Hi, yeah, I want all the information. Send it to me. <laughs> My number is your number." So, moving on. Moving on. So, like I said before, this is going to be kind of crazy and different. We are not usually, we're not hiding in a basement like we normally do, doing multiple takes. We're doing this live, so we're flying without a net. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> now, you may be wondering, what are we doing? More importantly, what do we do? And even more important than that is, why? That is a fabulous question. We host a bi-weekly podcast where we drink beer and talk about Power Pack. 
We make jokes as we revisit a comic book series that we loved as kids, and we also try to start off each episode by doing a dramatic reading of an advertisement, just to put us in the mind frame of the era. Ah, is that what we do? I just thought that you came over to my house every two weeks, gave me a beer, made me sit in my basement, and then talk into a microphone. I really thought that's what I just said. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I, we thought it would be fun to try and do this live show in front of our friends, our people we paid to be our friends, and at a uh, semi-annual campout at a state park. So, yeah, sorry, it's in the mail. Did you see the booze we have in the yurt? <laughs> so, thank you very much for coming. And if that was not enough of the switch, we are doing something really different. We are going to review a failed TV pilot based on the comic book series that we normally review. Right. So what could possibly go wrong with any of this? Well, let's just try to follow our normal format and see what happens. Okay, seriously. Let's try this out. Um, Jeff, can you please give us the two-sentence replay of last episode? My dramatic reading of the last episode of this failed pilot is... Now that the, hey, this is a pilot to a failed TV show, so I just imitated static, no sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. What we do on our show normally is I provide a beer that somehow matches up with the book that we're reading, and um, I've done so here as well, and I have brought enough to share. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, <laughs> bribery, it works. There you go, honey. You can have that. <laughs> so I brought for you Anderson Valley Salted Caramel Bourbon Barrel Aged Porter. Oh. It's made from a malt beverage dated six months in wild turkey bourbon barrels. Okay. So the reason That's... I chose this is because... I'm a wild turkey? No, because the TV show itself is... A turkey. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very much a turkey. This is a great looking label. It's got a, a turkey on it. It's got kind of that whiskey bottle sort of labeling going on it. Story time on it is salted caramel bourbon barrel aged porter. Whoa, that's some story time. Also, you can cash it in for money. Here you go. You can read that if you want. Nice. Uh, no, that's your part. You read okay, that. Okay, fine. I'll read that. Uh, this, this slightly sweet porter is brewed with select additions of crystal malts and sea salt to create flavors of peanut brittle and caramel without being cloying. The medium body and mouthfeel lay the perfect foundation to support the rich vanilla, oak, and bourbon flavors imparted by extended aging in wild turkey barrels. I'm getting that. Yeah, you just... Uh, 6 ABV and 16 IBU. So, yes. Who can I trust? No, not you two. <laughs> they have experience at... Uh... Hand that up. Yeah. There. You're in poor duty, buddy. <clears throat> And for my daughter, she got she's got the green slushy slush. <laughs> Alien slime. Alien slime. It is green. It is green. Delicious. As it's getting passed out, I've definitely got the bourbon barrel. Yeah, that's that definitely has the nose of a bourbon barrel. I it's can got smell a, it's it got all a, the way from here. Yeah, Carrie can smell it. It's pretty opaque. You can get just a tint of light through that. It's got a I mean, nice color. This is pretty good because I mean I can't really see Joe, so that's that's not bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cheers. Yeah, that's got a nice flavor. That's not bad. Yeah. It's got a nice deep flavor. Um, it's very strong, but it's still, as far as bourbon barrel goes, it's not bad. No, that's... It's not that, bad. It doesn't, it's not as sharp as most bourbon barrel. No, that's a real gentle barrel flavor. Yeah. That's uh, You can definitely tell that it's there, especially in the nose. Yeah. But um, yeah, taste-wise, that's that's pretty smooth. That's very subtle. Yeah. Deep oak flavor, not bad. Yeah. Y'all y'all, uh, all enjoying it so all far? Right. Everybody got your cheers cups? Cheers to y'all. Raise them up. Cheers. Cheers. 
to you. Thank you for being here. This is really fantastic. Lahayam. Nice. <laughs> now that we have our beer, the opening credits, if you please, sir. Power Pack TV Pilot 1991. Cast and crew, director Rick Bennett, writer Jason Brett, producer Richard Borchiver. Borchiver? Borchiver. Borchiver. Starring Nathaniel Maru as Alex Power. The oldest Power sibling can lift heavy things and can float. Margot Finley as Julie Power. Second oldest Power sibling, runs very fast, has a slight rainbow trail behind her. Bradley Macri as Jack Power. Second youngest Power sibling, can shrink to a very small size. And Jocelyn Holmes as Katie Power, the youngest power sibling. According to the show, she can hold big balls of energy in her hand. Also, there's... <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> also, Jonathan Whitaker as Dr. James Power. Sherry Wilson as Margaret Power. We start in space with some of the worst special effects that the late 80s had and a creepy narration by somebody who is either trying to give us a copy of the Watchtower or summing up the phrase, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Actually, it is some kind of alien that's telling us that he passed along his powers to four random kids. Because if you have awesome and destructive powers, giving them to children is always a really good idea. The alien starts to tell us why as we swoosh through the galaxy. Excuse me? What's up, honey? I thought I did the sound effects. Good point. Jeff forgot, so go ahead, dear. Swoosh! Perfect. You see, this alien thought that giving powers to young, innocent, and honest kids, hoping they would learn how to use them wisely, was a sound investment strategy for the universe. The show now grounds us in reality, in the suburbs on a clear and sunny day, and we get a look at this cast of kids. For us as readers and collectors of this comic book, there are certain characteristics that we are looking for, like how they react to each other, their looks, and their overall demeanor. And right off, we see some differences. Sure, Alex and Jack do behave like siblings, taking shots at each other, playing pranks, staying in the bathroom too long. Jack uses Alex's science book to level his fish tank. You know, typical younger brother stuff. But we also notice some characteristic differences. Like Alex should be blonde, thin, and tall. This kid looks a little stouter with brown hair. And Jack looks small compared to him. It really makes Alex look like a bully older brother. It is a TV show. There will be differences. No! This is Burger King. I want things my way. Okay, cardboard crown boy. While we may not get an exact copy of the characters, we do get an age-old comic book trope of showing the characters' powers early on to inform the audience of what we are dealing with. Alex finds his science book under a fish tank full of water. Now, there's a lot of questions that we can ask, like, you know, why would Jack go through all this trouble of sticking this book under his fish tank when he knows that his brother has the power to lift it up? But, whatever. So, Alex, Alex really easily lifts up the fish tank. With one hand, and switches his book out for another. Meanwhile, Jack has taken out a retainer to brush his teeth, and knocks said retainer into the sink, while preening in front of the mirror, which really this is kind of a Jack thing to do. And my parents are going to kill me. Oh, by the way, Jeff likes to do the voices, and we've decided that that's Jack's voice. We decided Both he's a... Man. Yeah, he's a very curmudgeonly old-souled seven-year-old, so he gets an old curmudgeonly voice. Hit them with that again. And my parents are going to kill me. Oh, no, put a little more in there. And my parents are going to kill me. That's the joy of being the editor. I can actually do things like that to him. <laughs> we find out how he resolves this issue when his father walks into the bathroom looking for some toothpaste. Jim Power finds some dental floss tied onto the faucet, and Jack climbing up from the drain with his retainer. So, in this universe, the parents know about their powers. 
And that's another big change from the comic book, which is annoying. Yeah. We also see Julie getting a warning from her mom to not leave a mess in her room. Yeah, because this house is like not already a disaster. It appears they've just moved and they've not gone beyond the unpacked prop boxes labeled with names of room stage. True, true. Julie has been throwing clothes around her room looking for something. Hearing her mom reminds her that she has super speed, and we get a sped up film of her running around the room cleaning things up, with a slight rainbow hue following her. Hey, you know what's kind of creepy? A pair of legs hanging out of your tent as you and your family approach your campsite. <laughs> Holy shampooy, man! Like, why would you say that? I was asking hypothetically. Oh, sorry. Then let's just say a hypothetical pair of legs hanging out of your tent. That's really not better, but that would be a good joke to pull on somebody. What I was going to say was that the next scene is what's really creepy. We have Mama Power in the kitchen trying to prep four lunches for school, and Katie, the youngest of the Power Kids, is sitting in a chair looking out at the back window of their house. Oh. This is a good callback to the first issue of the series where Katie is looking out at the ocean and sees the spaceship crash. If only... No, here she is staring at some kids playing in their backyard. It's big and snow-filled, and it's kind of one of those shared backyards. Wait, snow-filled? Just a minute ago, you said that it was a clear and sunny day. Yep, dry and clear in the front yard and wet and snow-covered in the backyard. It's truly a marvelous world that they live in. But trust me, you don't want to pay close attention to the continuity errors of the show, because it's kind of be like ours. <laughs> it's going to make your brain hurt? Yeah, pretty much. No, back to the creepy thing. Besides the snow. Yes, besides the snow. It's the fact that Katie is staring, staring at these kids in the backyard, and hovering above her hand is a ball of light. Now, in the comics, this would be a destructive sphere of energy. But she is staring at the kids with this kind of look in her eye, wishing them into the cornfields kind of look. Yeah. Up until this point, there's been a happy, fun, bouncy music playing. That is then tuned out as Katie says... I miss my seagulls. The vibe you get is that this kid is a ticking time bomb. That she wants to deal with everyone if she does not get to play with her toys for a while. But the show's direction and dialogue don't really follow up on this. It's just kind of eerie. Okay, so we have the introduction to our family and the kids. And before they head off to work and school, the father has a family meeting reminding everyone that they have to keep their powers secret. And the best way to do this is to not use them. Jim does see that these powers are extraordinary. The dude even gives the great power and great responsibility speech. Being a test pilot show, the producers borrowed some previously used music, such as the score from Disney's Beauty and the Beast, which comes in right here. What? How dare they? We would never, ever borrow music for our show. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Oh, all we the do. time. Oh, yeah. All yeah, it's the just time. crazy. <laughs> just the, the sheer volume. Borrow. <clears throat> borrow. Yeah. Borrowed. It's legal. Totally legal. Ish. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. We get some scenes with the kids being new at school. Alex comes across as a know-it-all in science class, answering all of the questions that the teacher asks. Which is just a great way to make new friends. Hey, it makes the one girl smile. In fact, she tracks him down in the auditorium, and they have a meet-cute. Because that's how Alex Power meets girls. Through his brains. Okay, but there is a good moment here. Alex does not see her sit down, but after he gives her his number, she stands up and it is apparent that she has hit her growth spurt, and she is towering over him. And actually, it's a good moment in this show. The actor has a really nice reaction here. Julie and Jack make some friends at lunch, each being told that they should go do the in things to do around town. The important MacGuffin that we should focus on is the boarded up house of a dead magician that is spooky. Jack ensures the boys that he can get them in there. Cut to the exterior of this haunted mansion. 
It is generically spooky. Helped by some additional embellishing by the kid who suggested this little adventure. A locked gate. Gargoyles. Castle-like setting. Locked front door. Jack tells the other two to wait here. And he goes around back, shrinks, and crawls under the door. He then freaks out his buddies by opening the front door. Classic jump scare. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Pretty much. The three boys start to explore the place. Just as they start to relax, they start to bump into things that jump or shake or drop. You know, skeletons, prop, etc. Just think of the most Scooby-Doo tropes all happening at once. The former owner of this place was the proprietor of a macabre circus. As the kids get deeper into the place, they finally find the center sanctum. And they find a gold disc with a ruby in the middle of it. And like any good juvenile delinquents, they decide to take it. Well, they give it to Jack to take as a souvenir for the B&E that they just committed. At home, the two older powers have been told to keep cleaning the house. Julie wants Alex to cover up so she can go meet some new friends. Alex, being the sucker that he is, acquiesce. Really? You put acquiesce in the script? Why? Alex acquiesced, allowing the agile adolescent to alight and attend an alternate activity. Ah, alliteration. To the score of Beauty and the Beast and a sound effect. Swoosh! Julie uses her power to propel her bike down the street. Quickly. Jack is doing everything in his room except cleaning, including shooting baskets. Swoosh! Beep! Well, he does find his favorite comic book, but as he goes to put it away, he finds the above-mentioned thingamajig that he stole, which is now glowing and pulsing. This is not good! Cue the ominous clouds and creepy music and creepy voice. Return it to me! Both Alex, Katie, and Jack hear this voice, and Jack sees the old magician standing in his front yard. Oh, oh no! Jack tries to prevent his brother from opening the front door while Katie screams. Yeah, wait, wait. Don't even think about it, Carrie. She sound effects. Let her do her thing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Facts, babe. Good job. Yeah, that's spiked. Yeah. <laughs> the tension builds and builds, and then he opens the door, and just like that, poof, the dead magician is gone. Jack comes clean to Alex and Katie about his escalation of criminal behavior. I mean, B&E and petty theft. Pretty soon he's going to be boosting spaceships and kidnapping aliens. Alex provides the moral lesson to his contrite brother as they try to figure out what to do with the mystical thingamabob they stole. Alex comes up with the bright idea. They will take it back. Meanwhile, in a grocery parking lot, home of the fighting shopping carts. The power parents are parked while packing some parcels purchased. Papa Power prattles on, providing prose pertaining to a particularly playful passage which preceded previously. Maggie Powers looks bored, and Jim seems to just leave his shopping cart in the middle of the parking space. Boo! Let's try to get everybody. Boo! Never leave your shopping cart in the middle of a parking space. Yeah, it's the worst thing you can do. Criminal behavior. Yeah. They wonder if the kids are okay as they look at the weather deteriorate, and they decide that the kids must be at home watching TV. I mean, what kind of mischief could four-powered adolescents possibly get into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of kids, the power kids, Sans Julie, have re-entered the creepy mansion. Katie is leading with the flashlight. Because, of course, you put the young girl in front and side of the creepy house. Once inside, a really horrible FX of a floating head that looks a lot like TV's Frank flies at them laughing. <laughs> the effect is so bad, the kids run into it in a funhouse mirror room. 
where they run into James Bond from The Man with the Golden Gun. No, they run into Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. Wait, was it Conan from Conan the Destroyer? Was it? No, I think it was Jim Hopper off of Stranger Things. Let's just say it's an overused trope. It is. It is. But it's always great. Yeah. And now... Yeah. Yeah. And now, this show gets sillier and weirder. The kids all run into the mirror room together. Because, you know, mirror logic and magic, they're all split up. Alex does find a hole in the floor, which he falls through and turns into a falling map painting and then back into a stationary kid who is flailing his arms and legs like this. It is bad science fiction. It is bad effects. He's just got a dead look on his face like... (laughs) Jack backs up into a skeleton in an open cage, which wraps its bony arms around him and closes on him respectively. Click, click. And Katie has a zombie monster appear behind her. Just a little scream. No. Or yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. That ain't little, my dear. That's that's not little at all. (laughs) (laughs) Julie appears back at the house on her bike with a rainbow stream and the sound of... Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. She has had such a good day. She leaves her bike on the front lawn and goes to the door where there is a note. I bet you the note doesn't say, When to save Franklin from Snarks, sign the human torch. Probably not. More along the lines of, Hey... We went to the nearby creepy house to fix a mistake that Jack made. Day ending with a Y, am I right? Back inside, Jack is still fighting with a Mr. Bone skeleton, and Alex is being held in front of a green screen where he is waving his arms and legs while somebody casts a light show of green heads above him. Worst escape room ever! Katie, meanwhile, has had enough of Ghoulie McKenzie. She turns around, holds out a finger, and shoots a force lightning bolt out of her fingers, which just disintegrates this guy? This is a kid! What is this? Now, if this were a Scooby-Doo cartoon, this would mean that she just killed Old Man Withers. I mean, this guy would have gotten away with it and been alive if it weren't for these darn pesky kids. I'm going to maintain that it was just a ghost or something, mostly because the alternative is just too disturbing. Jack was locked up in a cage with a skeleton, so guess what? He shrinks down and escapes. Alex's matte painting is still falling until he remembers that his power set is controlling gravity, so he makes himself light and the film reverses and he hops out of the hole. All the kids have successfully used their powers, including Julie, who has super sped cleaned the kitchen. Boy, they. Yeah, well, the implied thunderbolts and 80 yard lightning is mildly frightening, while the three kids wander deeper into the mansion while some stolen score music from The Princess's Bride plays. They're wandering around junk, waving flashlights, finally coming across the big paintings of the device demanding dude. The kids place the medallion on the ground, but the great Oz voice demands that they put it back. The eagle-eyed Alex examines the art and exclaims, Eureka! He has spied where the missing trinket belongs on the painting. Katie grabs the thingy, and Alex uses his powers to one hand lift her up so she can replace it. Unfortunately, the manana... That's a word. That's a word. Manana. Manana. Unfortunately, the manana magician. Banana. 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 Back on script. Unfortunately, the malevolent magician does not want to wait. A light shoots out from the painting that does something. Okay, it's kind of preventing Katie from putting it back even though the voice is demanding that it be returned. It is really weird. It, it Also in the, in the thing, the dialogue is like, you must be punished, but give me that, but you must be punished. Rah! So it's very give and take. It's terrible. It's badly written. It is very badly written. <laughs> the light is hurting the kid who is trying to do the thing that it wants the kid to do. And after much encouragement, she is finally successful, and this poor man's Orson Welles finally shuts up. 
Hooray! <laughs> Later, at the parents' house, the parents are putting away the groceries with Julie's help. The other three come running in, Alex apologizing for, for, um, not being home to help with the groceries? He has noticed that Julie has cleaned up, and she gives her siblings the eye roll, especially after their mom congratulates them on unpacking. Then there is a knock on the door. The two neighbor kids that Katie wanted to destroy earlier have come over to ask if Katie can come out and play. I like to think that there is an earlier scene where she just threatened them. Or maybe she told them that she knew where they could find the dead body that they could poke with a stick. You might be right, but she happily heads out with them. This leads to a phone ringing for Alex. It's Tina! The family clears out of the kitchen to give Alex some privacy. And as we fade to black, Alex yells at Jack to get off the phone. Ah, uh, Jack. The credits play. And now I'll give you a preview of the next TV episode. <laughs> I know that show. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody does. So that was the episode. Um, yep. Let's talk about it a little bit here. Uh, what did we think of the episode? Uh, Carrie, what did you think of watching it? Um, at first, well, when when they kind of went into the haunted house, it was kind of creepy because, like, the the man was on the portrait, but his eyes were actually moving and showing. So that kind of creeped you out a little bit? Yeah. It was okay. It was, <laughs> I can see how it was a little bit creepy for you. Mm -hmm. Did you like the actors playing the parts? Yes. Yes? Okay. All right. I just, I just kind of would like to see Jack actually cloud up. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. So... What she's talking about is there are some differences with what the story is like and what this TV show is. This was an early 90s TV show. They were doing it with a limited budget. They were trying to see if the pilot could get made. And, of course, they were cutting out some of the, some of the power sets that he worked in the comic books. The kid, Jack, he could control his molecular density. So he can either cloud up into a giant cloud or he can shrink down into a small, you know, dense child or dense little person. Denser than a normal child. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> so, what they did in the TV show is they only made it so that he could shrink down. He couldn't do anything else. It would have been cool to see the effect of him clouding up into a giant cloud. But that didn't happen. Yeah. And Katie can absorb material. She can, like, disintegrate something and she can glow and she can shoot out energy balls. And Alex basically kind of has, like, a gravity telekinesis. Uh, and Julie flies. And so they kind of took like the barest essence of the powers and said, yeah, we can do this cheaply on TV. So that's so, how their power set works. That's how the power set works. You can tell that there are some, some real limitations with, of course, the script, the filming, the actors, the setting, the locations, the uh, money, the... Uh... <laughs> pretty much everything. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, it was kind of funny. We, we've had the opportunity to talk to the creator of the comic book, and when we talked about her about this, you know, the show, she said, oh, yes, I knew nothing about it. And uh, I found out about that it actually happened when they sent me the VHS tape and said, oh, yeah, we made this pilot. So she was a little confused by it herself. And she was trying to figure out exactly what happened. This happens a lot in Hollywood where somebody gets an idea. They take this property and they go forward and they start a project. And actually, the project comes off really, really bad. Yeah. And what's great is the uh, the original co-creator uh, June Brigman, who is the, also the original artist of the comic. When we asked her about it, she uh, she was very diplomatic about it. She goes, "They really tried." Yeah. <laughs> you could tell they tried, which is that that's not good praise. 
Um, the only other thing, I mean, they didn't really get that many star power for this. They've got a couple of B-list character actors that have done a couple of other little things here and there. Uh, one kid, Daniel DeSoto, he's been in some movies like Mean Girls and Boondocks, uh, Boondock Saints 2. Not really much else. Uh, and no. none of these kids have really gone on to do anything. But it's an interesting artifact from the era, like most of these things are. <laughs> and I think June said it the best. They tried. They sure tried. They sure tried. Yep. Let's go ahead and talk about a couple more things, and then we'll ask you guys some questions from us. But, Jeff, on our show, we always talk about some little kind of awards we like to give to things. We're going to do two yeah. of those awards here. We're going to start with Refrigerator Gallery. What scene in the show would we scan and print out on our refrigerator, or since we're at Shampooy, on our cooler? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we want to see all the time. So what scene did you like the best? Uh, my backup scene, I'm going to call Alex in the Bottomless Skull Pit. Oh, God. And this is... Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of terrible-looking things in this. And the effects on this one are so terrible, it just cranks it up to, that's adorable. Because uh, he's falling, and you know he's like doing this. Literally, it's it, you're, you're seeing the scene, except that there's like some like green glowing kind of like goblin and skull heads floating around him, kind of fading in and out. And he, it, it's like he doesn't even know they're there. They're, it's like his direction was just uh, act like you're falling, but don't sell it too hard. <laughs> so he's there's no engagement, and then there's scary stuff going. Oh, oh, and he's like. Just dead-eyed, and uh, it's, it is so terrible that I love it. So that is my backup one. I would have to say my backup one is probably in the Haunted Mansion, uh, when they come back in, and for no reason whatsoever, the green head of TV's Frank comes flying at them. Yeah. It's just a bad special effect, and it's the, the character doesn't look like this painting that they've got. It looks like TV's Frank from <laughs> Mystery Science Theater, and it's superimposed on the screen. It comes straight out. It's like, Really? That's not fun. That's not scary. That's kind of weird is yeah. what that is. The, the best thing about this uh, haunted mansion is that it is the most generic haunted mansion in the world. It yes. literally looks like... Just, okay, imagine a haunted mansion in your head right now. You just saw it. That's what That's it looks it. like. That's it. You've seen it a hundred times. It's got some taxidermy. It's got some fake skeletons. It's got a weird painting. There's a lot of candelabra. You got the idea. That's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, what about your top one? What is your top pick? My top one, I call Katie's Kill Chair. <laughs> this is near the beginning of it, and this is when Katie is just sitting with a sociopath look on her face, having a ball of energy floating in front of her as she stares at these children playing outside in the snow. And, and, and her mom, kind of like, in background, kind of has like a <laughs> look, and comes up and kind of sitting next to her going, Hey, Katie Cat, what's going on? Like... I must soothe the savage beast lest she kill again. And, uh, and and once they get the kid calmed down, her mother has this look of, oh, thank God we just averted the apocalypse. Yeah. It's like, this is frightening. This is frightening. It's, and they it, don't do anything with it. Yeah, it's very much that once a day Russian roulette where you're like, click, not today. It's all good. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, oh, I got my favorite one. Yep. My favorite one What's is... Alex's meet cute in the auditorium. Oh yeah, it's that's the one great. scene that I think that they actually filmed well. Yeah, Alex sitting in the auditorium because he's already burned all of his friend, all of his chances of making friends at the beginning when he's like you know answering all the teachers' questions about science. So oh, he's one of those kids. Yeah. Um. So he's sitting alone in the auditorium, and this girl who was making cute eyes at him earlier sits down behind him and starts talking to him. 
And so he gives him her number and stuff, and like, okay, I'll see you later. And she stands up, and the way it's filmed, looking down, all of a sudden this girl towers over him. And you just get this this idea that, oh yes, that girl's hit the growth spurt, and she is a huge now. And just his look <coughs> yeah. of like, well, what's, oh dear God. What's great on that too is Alex starts to stand up to kind of like see her goodbye, and she stands, and he's like, uh-uh. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't need to play the game. I'm gonna, no, nope, I'm sitting back down and just gonna, just gonna see the building rise. <laughs> we will now move on to our last, our second to last thing: stars in detention. We want to identify who we think which child was the best and which child was the worst in this show. Reading mm-hmm. children, my fate. Yes, yeah. we do this all the time. <laughs> Everybody has a favorite kid. Come on, this is our favorite. Yeah, that's our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's the best. Do you know who, uh, which kid you did you like or didn't like in the show? Let's do with the didn't like. We kind of are just are springing this on you now, but yep. do you know which one you liked and didn't like? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we won't pressure you. Yeah. Who is your worst child? My worst kid is Jack. Okay, sure, without him, this episode wouldn't have existed. This Uh pilot wouldn't have gone on. But he's playing pranks on his brother with his science book. That's school property, man. You don't mess with another person's school property. Oh, yes, you do. You do it all the time, man. Eh, But Jack shouldn't. He should learn from our mistakes. (laughs) Uh, Also, he broke into a house. He stole the MacGuffin. There's a lot of things. Uh, Jack was very much Jack, which means that it's like, oh, Jack. If we're going to hate people for just a little bit of petty crime, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. little breaking and entering and just stealing. I mean, imagine if some kids broke into your place and stole some of your stuff. Harmless hijinks. <laughs> and I'm not then, dead yet. Not dead. <laughs> and then unleashed a little uh, a little weather apocalypse. Just It was just a little just weather a apocalypse. T- it was a very localized apocalypse. Okay, I'm going to say that it's Katie because Katie just came off as too dang creepy. Oh, that's weird. Okay. She's just creepy. Yeah, she's a creepy little five-year-old. Yeah. I get that. She's the apocalypse waiting to happen. I okay. can't. I cannot accept. We cannot abide by that. Okay. All right. Who do you have your best? Katie. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Katie your best? <laughs> uh, Katie is the best because she both put the MacGuffin away. Uh, she also had the best uh, kill line when she destroyed the zombie because she destroyed a zombie. She also said in just the worstly covered over, you could barely hear it. Okay, you're toast. It's a bad yeah. line. It's a bad it's line. A There's, bad it's line. terrible. But she. Uh, yeah, so she she killed she killed the enemy. She replaced so, the MacGuffin. So wait a minute. Also, so wait a minute. Wait okay. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying that Jack was the worst because he did some breaking and entry, but Katie's the best because she killed somebody. Hey, that homeowner was asking for it for creeping up on the kid that broke in the second time. I'm just saying that your morals are a little askew, my friend. I don't get a lot of sleep. No, no. But also, here is the main reason that I say that Katie is the best kid. She held back the bloodlust long enough to make friends with the children in the neighborhood instead of killing them and destroying the bodies. So, bravo for her. Bravo Way to for go, her. Go, Katie. Keep that kill. Keep that killing instinct in, uh, in check. I'm going to say that Julie is the best kid because she actually did all of the work that none of the other kids wanted to do. Yeah, Julie was the best. Julie was the best. She cleaned up everything. She cleaned up the house. She put everything away. Yeah. Yes. I also want a special mention of the worst kid. Yes. And it's uh, Jim Power, the dad, because he just dumped his uh, shopping cart just like in the middle. That's not the worst parent. Worst parent. This is the worst thing ever. Do not put your your shopping carts in the middle of... Yeah, moving on. He's just telling bad jokes to his <laughs> wife, and he's all like, "Don't need this no more." Shove. Nope. I don't even think he did that. He just walks away. We want to do some final thoughts on our beer. Okay. What did you like about this beer? Uh, it's very smooth. It's tasty. Uh, it's a good porter. I like it. You can very, 
you can really taste the the kind of the barrel. Yeah, you really can. But it's not overpowering or terrible. No, this is a yeah. good one. It is a very nice beer. Did you guys like this? Yeah. 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 No. I. <laughs> okay. We Did everybody of... who likes beer like this? <laughs> All right. That's a good There's question. More. There's I more. Never had beer. <laughs> well, there is a reason, my dear, and that is because you are underage, and we are not encouraging underage drinking. No. Hey. Not on our not watch. On uh, what would you rate this beer? I'd give it a good four. Four? Yeah. I'd say four and a half. Okay. Out, out of, okay, I got four and a half, he's got four. Out of five stars, what are you guys thinking? Yeah. Four and a half. Four and a half? Four and a half? Ha ha, the crowd has turned on you. They are oh, mine! I know. Ah. Yeah. Once again, the viciousness of the crowd turns on me. Pretty much. Yeah. That's That was bound to happen. Oh, every time. That was bound to happen. Yeah. All right, we are going to do one last thing, little thing here, and that's our shout-out and thanks. We want to thank all of the wonderful people that recognize our show regularly. So we're going to read through the names of these people that have sent us a note or shared our podcast on Twitter and Facebook, specifically for episode 36, where we talked about Power Pack number 28. Like how I put a dollar sign there instead of a number <coughs> sign? Yeah, that's a cash. Fat that stacks, is, man. That, cash is, that, is called, that is called awesome, awesome job. I'm glad I caught that, too. Yeah, yeah. glad you caught it. AJ. Al Sedano and the Warlock Thanos Podcast. The Art Classroom. Chris Soup Reeves! Yeah! Christian Conkle. Comics in the Golden Age. Kodiak 723. Craig McNichol. Cullen Stapleton and the Worst Comic Podcast Ever. Dan Grote and WMQ Podcasts. Dan Williams. John and the Married with Comics Podcast. Gal Walks into a Comic Shop. Gary Fractal Key. Green Lantern HG. Keith Baker. Jake. Jeff Polier. You're welcome. Yay! Yay. Jeff! Hey! <laughs> One of our listeners! Yay! <laughs> and his daughter! Yay! <laughs> Jeremy Daw. Jeremy Wiggins. Let's Talk New Warriors. Max Trevor. NZ Waffles, who thought it was a good episode. Thanks! Thank you very much. Thank you. Our True Crimes Podcast. DJ Pat Cristato Samson, rapper extraordinaire. Sean and the Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Tim Price. Thor Edison. And we want to thank the organizers of Shampooy Campout for the opportunity to do this. It was an experience. Thank you. We hope that we actually entertained you guys. Just a little bit. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys for being here. This was I fantastic. really wanted to make an applause sign and I should have had it yeah. right there. <laughs> I'll just hold up a drink. <laughs> there we go. Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience at Shampooey State Park in Oregon. Yeah. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to help us support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful women in our lives, my wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiance, yay! Yay! <laughs> my fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes off. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And I think we had a question. <laughs> What would happen if one of them got horribly bad? Well, luckily, in the comic book, the kids, uh, part of their powers that they got, 
they have the ability to heal. So that is something that they can do. Now when Julie got book alive. Yeah, but, well, yeah, she did that. Go ahead. Yeah, she actually did heal. It was like a because she had a broken arm and went in like two days later, and the doctor said, "Oh, that looks like that got broken a month ago. We we'll put a cast on it just to cover it." just for just for the sake of doing it but you know come in in a day you know it, it looks like it's healed so they both so they heal real quickly also in the comic there was a time where katie got hurt really bad and one of the chimelian uh space horse people talked to her and said really focus your energies on like yourself and you'll heal quicker and she did so she recovered from a really big fall gotta tell you this comic book's really kind of cool and it's got some wacky stuff in it yeah <laughs> chris all right, so if they were to refilm this, uh, you know, this pilot today, yes, abomination. <laughs> yeah. If they were to refilm this abomination today, if you could pick any character, uh, any actor, live or dead, to play any of these kids, no matter the age. Oh man, like Keanu is available. <laughs> who would play each kid? Ah, interesting question. That, I think that uh, I think we could do this really quickly and say something like. Uh, just looking at the Stand By Me cast, mm -hmm. and uh, definitely get River Phoenix to probably do, maybe do Jack. I could see that. Um, and then, um, oh, Alex could be a very young Chris Evans, uh, maybe. playing Captain America. Also, Wesley, uh, not Wesley Crusher. Uh, I just drew a blank. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton yeah. could pull off Alex too. Yep. I really would have to think about Katie and Julie to figure out somebody off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Drew Barrymore could be a great Katie because yeah. she basically was that as Firestarter. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I do that. And then Julie. Um, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, maybe, except, uh, I don't know. She Maybe. I, maybe. Jennifer I Gardner. Yeah. I can see a Jennifer young, Gardner. Young Jennifer, Jennifer Gardner. Gardner. I can I see that. A little bit more. I don't want to say plain, but I think Julie comes off a little more plain. But yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's always great in everything. She's always great honestly. in everything. Yeah. Put her in any role. She could be Jack. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she could be Jack. She could have all the Jack lines and be like, this is an outrage. <laughs> <laughs> that would and be hilarious. Yeah, and everybody be like, all right, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm good with that. You're a giant cloud. You're real pretty. So. <laughs> Does anybody else have any interesting questions that we could ask? answer? Yes. yes. Virginia. Did I hear they were going to do a movie? That is, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they're always they're always saying they're going to do a movie about Power Pack, but I think Louise Simonson she mentioned us. She goes, I will know that they made a movie when I get my ticket to that movie. Yeah. So it's it always gets brought up, especially with looking at doing a good young ages thing that Mar a good young ages or all ages Marvel comics property because it really is good for it. It could work really well as an animated TV show, kind of an ongoing animated TV show. I, they would have to do a little bit of work to make it a movie, but it's a good property that that could actually do with you know the all ages and bring more of the young kids into it. So, yeah, uh, Louise Simonson did say that uh, about every five years she hears somebody comes up and tells her that they're like, I saw a script, somebody's making it, <laughs> and then nothing comes of it, and then five years later, and it's and we even asked her, it's like, is this the same script that keeps popping up? And she's like, no. It's different different people talking about different people that they know that have done a script. Apparently, it's it's out there, but no, it's it's not happening. And then I think the phase four of the Marvel stuff came out, and they weren't mentioned in there. And then I did read something, and it was in a comment section on YouTube, so, you know. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, was saying that the, I think the head of the Marvel uh, movie entertainment section does not like Power Pack. But again, that was in a comment section. I can't vet that from any kind of source. So, yeah. 
So, hey, maybe. I think it would be really good as an animated show. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a great cartoon. I think they could really pull that off. And then that way you also wouldn't have to worry about, you know, you know, like the problem with any kind of like, hey, we got this kid actor, they're really great. But now they're 15, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're not that precocious 8-year-old that was playing a 5-year-old. And now they're driving. And now, okay, yeah, now we'll introduce the young cousin of Power Pack. <laughs> you know, whatever, the Oliver of Power Pack. And he, he, he got this kid who's now... Uh, you know, on probation because of drug use or something. And they got their powers. Oh, it's kind of thing. So, yeah. Isn't that Franklin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Franklin, uh, unfortunately, has the... Yeah, what age am I? What age am I and how powerful of a god I am? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Yep. Thank you all very much for coming. Thank you, thank you, Woo! thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you had fun. Our theme music is 80s action by Kevin McLeod at Acomptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Uh, one thing about our show is that, this is going to sound very silly, it is family friendly. <laughs> yes, we do a family friendly show, and if you know us, that must be startling to you. It's shocking. <laughs> but uh, since. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Since my. Uh... Who are you people? What, what did you do with Rick and Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Swoosh! And. Words. Swoosh. Effortlessly. Hello. Swoosh. Return it to me. Both Katie, Alex, and. Hang on. Ooh. <coughs> okay, go ahead. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> really works the throat. Really works the throat. Yeah. Take a drink. There you go. That'll make everything better. Swoosh. Papa Power prattles on, providing prose pertaining to a particularly playful passage which preceded previously. Maggie Powers nice. looks. Yeah, that's alliteration. Yeah, Rick nails these things. Anytime he gets them, he's just like, "How many yeah. words is it?" I do that. That's easy. I get them, and I'm all like, "Hmm, your turn." <laughs> My worst kid is Jack. Really? And I just thumped the table. So he shrinks and escapes, and a plane wait. goes by. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and we pause. Yeah. If you can get to I it, I can edit this. Yeah. This, uh, no, yeah, this, that's, this yeah. is easy. Easy. Do it live. Do it live, he said. Do it live. <clears throat> um, Do it live outside in a park, he said. Nothing will go wrong. <laughs>